Hi Tom, hi Steve, ich wünsche euch eine tolle Show. Vielleicht kann ich bald meinen Senf dazugeben. Welcome, everybody, to Masters of Profundication. I'm Tom Witham. I'm Steve Files. And we have huge news. Two huge. major announcements that we had to come back and record an episode regardless two. regardless of what's going on. <laughs> two newses. Two, two newses. Uh, three now, because now I'm going to have to tell everybody that you're uh, recording in your bathroom. Oh, yeah. Look, I... I'm not going to wear clothes for for you or anybody. So you know what? <laughs> Bathrobe it is. Bathrobe, leg, ah! leg spread wide, just out there, Jerry, and I'm loving, loving every minute of it. Every minute of it. Uh, is that a smoking jacket? It's my Hugh Hefner jacket. You Okay. I feel bad that I didn't get the memo. I should have been in my smoking jacket, and this could be more sophisticated. You could always just, I don't know, Take your shirt off and wrap it around you. It'd be good enough. <laughs> it'd be weird, and I don't think I'd like it, but it'd be good enough. We should record an episode in our smoking room. Yeah. <laughs> with pipes, brandy snifters, and uh, fancy jackets. Yes. As a matter of fact, let's spin that for the audience. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, we would start with a hypothetical because <laughs> you know, everybody, but yeah, in fact, we are. We are now recording. Uh, it is a dimly lit uh, mahogany, mahogany. mahogany red-trimmed, cherrywood-trimmed room, mm -hmm. dim lights, and uh, there's a haze of smoke from our pipes. There's a haze of smoke from the pipes and just a basic mist because you have to have just a basic mist. Yeah. But there's a couple of light sources streaming through the mist in kind of a hazy... Yeah. No, yep. mysterious well, way. Wearing our smoking jackets. There's a record player in the corner playing like really low, smooth jazz. Uh -huh. Saxophone. And, lots of saxophone. Oh, lots of saxophone from the 80s. Sax man. This entire, we, we set this up for the entire scene to be something like from an 80s movie. Like an 80s video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a lot of dry ice. Let's say that. Well, let's just say that I know what happens in 80s music videos and I'm just waiting for the girls to arrive. Right. Like a lot of hobos going to get on our own. <laughs> uh, so I will I will handle the news announcements. Is that okay? I guess. I mean, I'll, I guess I'll let you this one time. Since I'm not sure what all three are, but... Oh, yeah, wait, the third one's my room. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I already forgot. <laughs> yeah, I'll handle them. Okay, yeah, it's probably the best. I just I'll handle this one, Mr. Forgetful. <laughs> uh, the first announcement... Freak is that we are now available on Spotify. Spotify! That's right. The Great White Whale, we have, I don't know, is that like, that, that achievement is, for me, when did we start? Three years ago? Two years ago? Five years ago? Six years ago? Gotta be at 20 years ago? 20, yes. <laughs> I, I, I distinctly remember, like, being in grad school and being going... Like putting like a like an announcement out on message boards and some stranger found me and said, Yes, podcast. And I was like, I don't know what a podcast is, but I want to start one. Yeah. 
And then I moved to Maine, and the weirdest coincidence happened. There you oh, were. <laughs> weird coincidence. Uh, yeah, since the beginning, uh, Spotify's requirements to be a podcast, which was weird to me. Do you remember me? I, I talked about it a little while ago that like Spotify's requirements to be a podcast on Spotify were just so stringent, but I, I find podcasts that are ridiculous. They're, they were like... Well, I just want to say stupider than ours. Yeah, so unlike <laughs> ours. Ours is brilliant. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, uh, some really dumb podcast. And ours is, like, just way better. Anyway, maybe I'm being biased. I'm probably being biased. Like, dumb. Like, welcome to all things Velcro. Today we're going to talk about <laughs> Velcro. Yeah. And the sounds Velcro makes and the sounds I make when I rub Velcro on my naked body. Yeah, that's the that's the Velcro podcast. I love it. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, we are now available on Spotify with all the big dogs. Hell yeah! That came about uh, because we not just meet Spotify's requirements. Spotify lowered their requirements. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just gotta hold out. (laughs) That's right. You gotta just. Everybody gives up eventually. (laughs) That's right. You gotta wait until that big dog is just so hungry for content that uh, they'll take (laughs) anything. (laughs) What if I went from that hot twenty-year-old that said "fuck you guys" to the dowdy forty-year-old that's like, "Yeah, okay." (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So we can now be found on Google uh, Podcasts. Actually, it's Google Play, which is going away. It's going to be something else. It's going to be YouTube Music. So we'll be eventually, yeah. whenever they make that switch, sometime this year, we'll be on YouTube Music. We'll be on Amazon. We'll be on um, Apple. And we are now on Spotify. The one, uh, the one platform we're not on specifically uh, is Pandora. Yet. Yet. That is suck up bitch and <laughs> time's coming though. Yeah, that is uh uh soon. We'll be on Pandora <laughs> soon. And that's just a matter of, of me sitting down and uh getting that square with Pandora. They they will allow us, it's just we need to set up our auto. <laughs> what are you making that face for? Uh the beer's not so good. Skunky beer what did you have? what'd you get? I got a twelve pack of Samuel Adams, like a variety pack. And this one's Sam Adams 76. It's not great. No? What's wrong with it? You're drinking it out of the special glass. I know. That's probably the only thing that makes me palatable. I don't know. It's not doing it for me. It says refreshing lager. I'm neither refreshed nor logged. So. Well, my favorite beers are refreshing lagers. I'm a lager kind of lager. <laughs> I'm a lager lover. A double L? A L. I am not an IPA lover. And I am not a sour lover. No, fuck. I don't get IPAs. Let's make that the topic. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're talking about how much IPA. Listen, this... you weird hipsters that pretend you like IPAs. I know you're lying because <laughs> IPAs are nasty. There's only one person on this planet that genuinely loves the taste of IPAs, and that's Jeremy Doughty. That's, he's the only person <laughs> in the entire world. Everybody else, he's the only person with a palate that would taste an IPA and be like, wow, that is delicious. And I would believe it. Everybody else that's drinking IPAs and saying it's delicious, you're full of shit. They're doing it through gritted teeth and false smiles. <laughs> oh, oh so it's good. so good. Go mm. <laughs> pour it out behind a bush. Oh, Jesus, this was so good. Oh, I am just... so cool for liking this. Look yeah, at me. I had to... cool. What new IPAs do you have? Because I'm cool. 
and <laughs> it's trendy. Yeah. I try to convince my I I was one of those guys. I tried to convince myself for years. Oh yeah, this is not bad. Anyways, where's the Sam Summer? Where's the right. Blue Moon? Where's the <laughs> But yeah, 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 I'll try your IPA. Then eventually, I was just like, no, fuck it. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, lagers are my favorite. Uh, See, I like the sour beers. You said you don't actually. I do like. Well, I've only had a couple. I haven't. I have not been fully. I haven't tried and tried and tried. I gave you one at one point. Did you? Yeah. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, Yeah. it's one of the ones that I've had. I've had one that you got, and then I had. uh, I bought one of my own. Nah. Nah. Wasn't my thing, but I'm I'm willing to give it, you know, the college try. Well, sours and stouts, that's kind of where my yeah, taste. I the stouts have to be I I don't know. In order for me to come back and have a second stout, it's got to really fucking knock my socks off. I don't like I'll I'll drink a stout, but I'm not going to drink two stouts. <laughs> that's unless it's, yeah, the um, main brewing company, main beer company, has a vanilla bean stout that's very delicious. I I drink those. Milk stout. You ever have one of those? Those are great. No, I haven't. I've uh, I've heard that said before, but I don't. I've never had one. Peanut butter stout. Those are good too. What? So, oh, it was it, weirdest thing. I had peanut butter stout uh, from the tap. Delicious. So I bought like a four pack of it. Drank it like a week later. Nothing. No good. Not from the can. I don't know what the difference was, but yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, we're uh, we're off topic onto the beer now. Yeah. No. <laughs> A little bit. We have another anyway, announcement to make. Uh, yeah, so we got through. You you did the Spotify. So if you're listening to us on Spotify, you should probably listen to our old episodes because this is not indicative of the quality <laughs> yet. Yeah, yeah. This is how, this is it, man. This is all we do. We just sit here and we we rap about the latest dance steps. We're gonna tell you about life. We're called the Masters <laughs> of Profundication because we take the mundane and we make it profound. Profound. I was gonna say profane, which is Actually, true, kind of, but there is no swearing on this podcast. Nah, fucking not. We are completely safe for work. Goddamn right. No need to censor us. Uh, If you're (laughs) vagina, vagina, butthole. Speaking of that, so uh, my ten-year-old is playing Animal Crossing, and uh, she changed all kinds of cock and balls. The, no, this character came up and, and said, because every character you meet in this game has like a catchphrase. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, oh, uh, give me just get the fuck out of here. Anyway, so uh, she changed this one. This one character came up to her and was like, yeah, I'm thinking about change, getting a new uh, getting a new catchphrase. Uh, and she could change it to whatever she wanted. Oh, wait. Whipple, weeple. Hookers are people. <laughs> <laughs> you silly people. Hookers aren't people. <laughs> um, no, uh, a ten-year-old just just think in your wildest dream what a ten-year-old girl would change the catchphrase to be. One word. Well, technically it's two words, but it's made into one word. Uh, unicorn. I, I don't know what ten-year-old girls are into. She changed it to butthole. Butthole. <laughs> Actually, I do know your daughter. That does not surprise me. So yeah. yeah. So I saw it on screen, and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and I'm like going, and she's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. That's something I did. I'm like, oh, okay, it's cool. Yeah. I thought for just a second this this I Nintendo was have to write an angry letter, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, a strongly worded letter to Nintendo. You're corrupting my child by having her read the word butthole. <laughs> and meanwhile, she's like, nah, that was me. I did that. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, announcement number two is tonight. 
on the podcast. Or, I don't know, when are you listening to this? Yes, I'm speaking directly to you, the listener. Answer us. Uh, <laughs> Say um, it out loud. <laughs> I have a uh, celebrity that I am going to be interviewing. Ooh. I'm going to, yeah. We've already had one celebrity on the podcast, John Lear. For all you John Lear fans. That are still listening. That, that was for you. Um, but I'm going to be interviewing um, a an author. Holy shit. Yep. Yep. Because the second book just dropped. Tonight on the podcast, we have Dwayne Leroy himself. Oh, wait. <clears throat> well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be interviewing Dwayne Leroy about his second book. Good. That's happening tonight. Good to be here, Tom. I'm glad to... Uh... <laughs> Wait, is that, is that like European? Is that like Western European accent? Or is that, are you doing like an Asian kind of... Doing an accent? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> this is how I speak, sir. <laughs> oh, now you're a Southern gentleman? <laughs> God from... damn it! I mean, yes. I am every man and no man. I am from everywhere and nowhere. If you're going to do a voice, I want Franklin. <laughs> it ain't easy, pin, bro. I got kids all over town. <laughs> I don't need to listen to you, skate, bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> love it. Uh, yeah, so Chains of Fate, book two. Mm-hmm. Deep Run? Deep Run, yes. Is uh, out. I just purchased it today on the Amazon kindle store yeah Dwayne leroy society thanks you yeah and i am going to um i'm going to conduct an interview i'm going to do a series of questions for Dwayne leroy and i hope Dwayne leroy is up to the task of answering those questions i want you i, I want you to do a reading do a passage you say you have it read a paragraph uh, okay i'm gonna have to go upstairs and get my kindle you got I'm time kidding. you got a second I, I, okay you know what yes do all it right. all right I want hold you on to pick a paragraph at random and just read it okay i'll, I'll be right back <laughs> For the listener, this will seem like two seconds, but in reality, I'm going to have to go upstairs, probably talk to my wife. She'll ask me a bunch of questions like, I, I thought you were podcasting, and then I'll be like, yeah, I am, but I'm just grabbing this. And she'll be like, oh, will you go check on the girls? And I'll go and check on the girls, and then, you know, the kids are going to be like, I want a glass of water. And I'll go, so I'll be right back. Two seconds, my ass. Now that he's gone, let me tell you what he's actually wearing. I shit you not, listening audience, Mr. Tom Witham is wearing... Well, how do I describe it? You ever see the movie uh, Sleeping Beauty, the Maleficent character with the horn headpiece she wear? He's got an exact replica of that on his head. But below that, no less than a mankini with the little fucking pocket pouch at the crotch to hold his, you know, family jewels. And when he got up to walk away, I saw more than I bargained for. Let's just, uh, let's just leave it at that. So picture that. And then when he comes back and asks me questions, keep picturing it. For everybody listening, I'm back. Hey! And I ran, so I'm a little bit out of breath. Sorry. Ran so far away. <laughs> this is the this is my Kindle, okay? Don't laugh. <laughs> I just use my phone at this point. It's not fast. <laughs> uh oh. No, because I, I also bought a book. Uh, the map looks decent. Is yeah. that the same map from the first book? Yeah, it's the same one. Yeah. I paid for it. I'm using it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Copyright 2020 by Dwayne Leroy. That's official, too. I 
cut and paste that bitch right in there. It's totally legally binding. All right. I'm. Am I going? You want me to pick just a a little bit I, at random? I say close your eyes, flick the screen a few times, and see what pops up. Just as just just to see, uh, like a little literary literary roulette. Uh, just so you know, I want everybody to know Steve's not listening or Dwayne's not listening right now. And, uh, he's taking his earbuds out so he can't hear me. But, um, I have a really hard time pronouncing the name of the characters in his books in my head. So I make up names. (laughs) (laughs) So by the end of the book, I have no idea what this person's real name is, but I'll, (laughs) I might just call somebody G or Gary. <laughs> or Fred, when it's really like this long, elaborate name that he probably spent so much time putting some thought into it. And sorry, I wonder what just happened. I heard nothing. <laughs> <sighs> oh, this one looks good. I've found the paragraph I'm going to be reading. Nice. Today's <laughs> reading. Despite Sophia's limitless stamina, and Eldon literally having been refilled by her with. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to do it. I was trying to do it a little. Okay. You went right to it. Nice. <laughs> I swear I ended on this. I was closing my eyes and flipping through it while I was doing that little bit. Despite Sophia's limitless stamina and Eldon literally having been refilled by her with new vigor, they went slower this time. They had burnt out the frantic need, the demanding beat of their hearts that had driven them into the random empty cabin on the North Tide after they were safely clear of Altex. After the flames engulfed their home, where memories from beyond the horizon... Oh, where are memories from beyond the horizon? They'd known then, each of them, that an Afri... Huh? Your little stumble there ruined the mood, sorry. This ruined it? Right they'd out known it. then, each of them, that an affirmation of life would keep the horrors they'd just put through, been put through at bay. And they didn't hesitate to grab the opportunity to do exactly that. Now, as they melded together once again, there was a creeping sorrow prodding the edges the shadow of memories too devastating for conscious thought trying to claim its place in their awareness. After two few moments of tenderness, Sophia, tears in her eyes, reached up to Eldon, entwining her hands behind his neck and pulling him down to her in a tight embrace. Okay. All right. I got a boner, so Believe I'm just gonna... it or not, it's not porn. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> what is this smut that you have published? <laughs> wow, I can't you went right to like the Oh, I, I swear, yes, yes. I was just swiping that whole time I was talking uh, to the audience, you not you. Talent. Yeah, right. I can I can find the porn. <laughs> Man, I just wanted to get into that poon. That's the only sex scene in the entire book, I swear. Emotional release? Goddamn right. One much less thrilling, but just as necessary. So I know I stumbled through that, but... I'm just going to volunteer now if you want me to do the audiobook recording of... I, I was just going to say, you know, I see I need somebody to do an audiobook, and I think you just passed your audition. Uh, the only problem with that is you're going to have to tell me how to pronounce all their names again. You got it right so far, Sophia and Eldon. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I, I know that. Let me see. Let me see another... Uh... Daddy? Whoa, what? <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> it's like like we just see all those YouTube Wait, clips. Wait, Blue and... Jay, she's a miner. Yeah. Okay. She digs for coal. What do you want me to know? Uh, anyway, it's not the same scene. Jesus Christ, it's not really <laughs> He scrolled again. I swear. <laughs> many pages later. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. All right. Yeah, I did. I did scroll. Like, there's no. Everybody's like, whoa, whoa. 
I'm calling the cops. <laughs> well, they'd have to buy the book to see. Yeah, yeah, exhibit A. Here you go. Did you pay for it? <laughs> you paid for it. That's fine. <laughs> exhibit A, all you want. Yes. Announcement number two is that Dwayne Leroy, uh, a.k.a. Steve Piles, has dropped his second book. And everybody should go to Amazon Kindle store and buy a copy. And if you're looking for a cover with Fabio on the cover, uh, it's not there. It's the it is it is not a Harlequin romance. Yeah. <laughs> it is uh, a direct sequel to his first book. Homefall. Homefall, Chains of Fate, Homefall, and Chains of Fate, Deep Run. Book right. one, book two. Uh, book three as we speak for all well, you. Hold on. Okay, hold on. I'm I'm in I'm conducting the interview here. Just uh, pump, you know pump the brakes. You're right, you're right. I'm pump sorry. the brakes. Okay. <clears throat> so your second book has been published through uh in the, the Kindle universe. The Kindleverse. The Kindleverse, the realm of passive income. <laughs> <laughs> um so much passive income. How long have you been working this book? This one in particular or this, this one in particular? Um, I didn't mark the date, but I would say a year and a half. Now, uh, did you write some of this while you were writing, uh, Homefall? Well, the way I do it is I handwrite it. Then once I get it all handwritten on multiple pads of paper, I type it up. So while I was typing up Homefall, I was starting to write Deep Run. And then when I completed Homefall, I got enough into the book two. So completed book one. I get enough into book two that some ideas I had, I wanted to change a little bit. So that gave me enough time to tweak book one. Like I changed some names of characters and I changed some of the wording on the, some scenes and whatnot because of what I, some of the new ideas I came up with for book two. So that actually puts me in a weird position because now book one and book two are out and I'm writing book three and I'm not that far into book three, like 150 pages. So I am now going to have to mold book three because book one and book two are pretty much set in stone. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to so, mold book three around that. So we should call you J George R. R. Martin. Yeah, 10 years from now, book three is going to be out. <laughs> You're not going to leave everybody who hanging. I 10 years, <laughs> 11, 12, 13 years. Yeah. Uh, so are, is this going to be a trilogy or do you have plans on going past the third book? Uh, it's going to be, I have plans for at least five, for possibly, maybe even probably six. But I have firm plans for at least five books. Okay. And are you of the mind that when you're done, you're done? Like, do you want to just, pardon the pun, just shut the book on it and move on? Oh, yeah. For this, um, yeah, this story. Like, I'm not leaving this open-ended. Like, I know my last scene. I know the last scene of the book. I am not leaving it open-ended so that, you know, I could come back five years, ten years from now and be like, oh, here's the sequel. You know, here's, I'm not going to tweet alternative <laughs> theories and stories about my characters later on like some people do <laughs> but uh, uh i do have a vague idea for a prequel i have a vague idea for a story that could be a prequel but it might also not have to be a prequel and i bat that around because if you're actually been listening to this podcast you know i'm not keen on the prequels yeah because prequels could be good stories in and of themselves but ultimately you know how they end yeah and i'm always like What's the point? So the the process of writing a book, you, obviously you said that you handwrite it and then you type it. Are you just doing it in Microsoft Word? Do you have a 
specific program that we use? I tried to use um originally I tried to use um God damn it, what was that one? <laughs> it well it was a it was a program that was designed specifically for writing books, right? Yeah, and I, I it got let it, you and I can't remember the name of the program right now. There was a P to... P was it Praven Profundicated. Yeah, so, Profundicated. Yes. <laughs> so but you're using Microsoft Word? But now I'm using Microsoft Word, yes. Because now, I the other one wouldn't work uh in the place i was typing i don't want to say too much more <laughs> ah i got you no that's fine um so when you like are... you can't crack that code i guess but still <laughs> um no let me ask you this question uh is there any specific format that when you're uploading it to uh amazon what, well like what's the process of uploading it to amazon it's actually really cool um if you want to upload a book to Amazon, I think I might have talked about this before, but if you want to upload a book to Amazon, it's super streamlined. Like, you'd be amazed how much. Like, you don't even need a cover. They will generate a cover for you. It's going to be a mm-hmm. generic, like, here's the design, here's the, um, you know, the title and the author, you know, but you're going to want to picture yourself. But if you don't, if you want to go bare bones, they'll make a cover for you. And then you have to download a program that you will, like, upload your manuscript to. And then from there... You can change font, you can change whatever, but the cool thing is they will generate, they'll read your manuscript. And if you have in you know, that you have typed up yourself in your in your text, you know, chapter one, blah 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 blah, chapter two, blah 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 blah. It will read that and detect it, like the algorithm, and will generate its own uh chapter table of contents. Oh nice. So like on the Kindle, you can like actually, you know, have a hyperlink. You can click on chapter one, chapter five, chapter twelve, whatever. Yep, yep. And uh, and then from there you can also insert things so like the map you mentioned. I inserted that as a as a GIF, as a JPEG, not a GIF. We we call it GIF around here. Yeah. What did I say? GIF. It's GIF. The actual pronunciation. Did of I actually G- say GIF? I you meant did JPEG say JPEG, and I screwed up and said GIF because I don't ever say GIF. I say GIF. It's yeah. It's it's GIF around here, it's but. GIF. Yes. Uh, it's it's the same thing as people have the toilet paper going under and people have toilet paper go under. I mean over. It's GIF. It's GIF. On this side, it's right? GIF. It's over. It's wrong. It's yeah. Correct. Under is the only way to do it. No, over is right. And no, under. Is wrong. Under. Under makes no sense. No, it makes perfect sense. It only because, makes sense if you have a cat because cats go crazy. Okay, thirty million Americans have cats. Okay. Yeah, well, the thirty million Americans have a big do with a subpar. Matter of fact, in, I think that that might be that might be lowballing the number. I'm <laughs> yeah, going to say I'm, more like 130 million people. And my own heart cats. goes out to them. These poor people with their crappy pets have to have their toilet paper configured in the wrong way just to avoid having a wasteful experience. Okay, I digress. So you are cats. <laughs> you had your cover created. Yeah, where'd, you, to, where'd you go to do that? On Fiverr. Uh, the same place we got our logo made. Mm, this yep. podcast. I commissioned uh, somebody that you, you you type in book cover or something like that, and they'll show you all these different people, and I peruse their works. And I commissioned her, and she did a really good job. It was super. She's from the UK. Um, did a really good job. She's super polite, really enthusiastic, uh, really like a lot of feedback. So this is what I you know they'll they'll give you like you give them what you. Well, you have and she's she'll ask questions okay what are you thinking here what are you thinking there and i did my best to describe it and i knew i was forgetting stuff so she came back with something i'm like okay this is good i forgot to mention like anything that i 
needed change was not a mistake on her part. It was a lack on my part of expressing myself the way I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, okay, that's good. How about we change this, this, and this? And she's like, okay, no problem. And I think I did two rounds of revision. Yeah. And then finally got something. I was like, okay, this is cool. This is what I want. So, so what did that cost you? What on Fiverr? A uh, hundred and sixty, because I got like a full package type of deal. So you have like the rights to. Yeah, I'll, like if you if you are getting something for like a commercial project, like a book that you're yep. going to sell. You pay more because they, they'll send you the rights to it, like the, uh, I don't know what you call it, root file, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So you're, okay, at this stage in the game, you're out 160 bucks. Yeah. Your your time, let's just call this, I, I, I'm no no disrespect. I don't mean it as disrespectful. This is a hobby. Yeah. So, so up to this point of, well, let's go back to book one. Up to this point, it's kind of like a hobby. You're not looking at this to become rich and famous you're looking at this as some uh, uh passive income hobby that at one day when if if mainstream picks this up you could hit it big and make make a lot of money off it well there's it's like a it's kind of a schizophrenic situation like one half of my brain is like you know slow your roll keep your expectations reasonable just do what you're going to do because I was like I've mentioned many times in this podcast, it's like you said, it's a hobby. And if anything else, I found a hobby that I 100% truly enjoy doing. I fucking love writing. I love getting the ideas on paper. I like writing the sex scenes that you <laughs> that you love reading. <laughs> the torrid sex scenes. Yes. Uh, you know, later on I have a whole scene about zombies having sex. It's great. But anyways, oh man, don't so good, even. Anyway, no. <laughs> no, that's a side story I'm doing. Sorry. Anyways, uh, <clears throat> but uh, it's a, it's a hobby I love doing. So any hobby worth doing, you're gonna spend money on, right? So book one, I have spent money on. I spent money trying to promote it. I spent money doing free giveaways and whatnot. That's the one side of my brain and saying, you know what? If that's all that happens, it's not wasted time. You've enjoyed doing it. You brought some pleasure to some people because people have read it. The other half of my brain is motherfucker double down on this shit pour money into it you know you've got to spend money to make money and right. you're going to be the next goddamn george R. R. martin or brandon sanderson or robert jordan or some fantasy author that's really big like it's gonna happen goddamn it yeah you just gotta keep persevering and i can't reconcile those two parts of my brain so i just go with it right well okay so what i'm saying is you didn't spend any money to write it like you no, not it's not like you were going to pick up a second job. So you you lost money. You didn't lose any money writing this. No, I didn't like quit my job and say, I'm going to have to hunger. You know, I'm going to dedicate myself to this full time. Look, I've, I've mentioned in the past, so I'll say it again. Whatever. I am very fortunate that I have a job that affords me the time to do the writing because otherwise it wouldn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, OK, so you're out one hundred and sixty bucks. Just out the gate, just getting the cover, getting for book two for book two. Yeah, what I, I was pricier because I had to pay for the cover and had to pay for the map. Right, and then I put money into advertising and free giveaways and stuff like that. Yeah. So this book, you're out 160 dollars. Um, it's pretty good. How much? Now, now you've uploaded it. Oh, what is that? Summer? That's not summer. That's what Sam had Porch Rocker. This one's actually pretty good. Oh yeah, I've had Porch Rocker. Yeah. Not anyway. too shabby. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so you post it to Amazon. Amazon doesn't charge you a dime to upload this to the Kindle store. 
Nope. You got to choose what um, configuration you want for payment. So I, the, the number one choice for most people is a 30-70 split. I get 70% of the you know, proceeds for the book. They get 30. You choose. It, it's entirely up to you what you want to charge. And they have this tool. Like I said, Amazon makes it really easy. They have this tool you can click on that. I don't know what they use for a criteria, but they say books like yours, here's what people charge and here's the return on it. So like they said, like if I charge 10 bucks, my return would be jack shit because nobody's going to pay 10 bucks for this book. Right. I, and this is a mistake and then I, I keep it in my back pocket for a future, I don't know, a future option because they said that choosing a price range at about $2 to $3 has the biggest return on royalty and on payments on like royalties. Okay. I set it at four ninety nine, so five yep. bucks. Because I'm like there's a psychological aspect to that. Like you don't value what you get for cheap, but at the same time if you don't know it, you're not gonna pay a lot. And I figure five bucks is not like if I if I'm sitting there and I look at a book and I'm like, oh that looks kinda cool. Oh it's for a dollar? Like well, Jesus, it's a dollar for a reason, right? Like they can't get any more than that. Right. So I think it's probably gonna be short or it might not be that good or something like that. But I think five bucks for an ebook is about standard. Yeah. So if you just by going by your sales, you do get to see your sales, correct? Yeah. You can okay. just, you can go so, to Amazon. So you have an based page. on based on your sales of book one, what do you suppose your sales of book two are gonna I mean, I guess I don't want to get too deep in, like too personal or anything like that, but do you think book two will be as successful as book one? Because you um, did you did make some money on book one, I yeah, I've sold. Well, here's the thing: uh, the Goodreads website is like this huge like book lovers website. It's tied to Amazon, so I can do a giveaway on Bookreads, which I've done three times. I gave away a hundred copies, three so three hundred copies. Yep. And not for nothing, every time I do a giveaway, it goes like that. Like like I'll do a giveaway and set the the amount for a month, but a hundred copies goes in like. A week, two yeah. weeks at the most. Yep. Um, but that costs. You have to. You have to put it the dough for a gift free giveaway. Mm-hmm. Not. Not. I don't have to pay five hundred bucks for giveaway. That's not how it works. You but pay Amazon's thirty percent, or I pay. Uh, for for Goodreads free giveaway, I pay about a hundred bucks. Okay. Like so I've spent three hundred bucks doing free giveaways. Um, from that, I've gotten a couple of reviews on Goodreads and on Amazon itself. And that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get reviews. Yeah. Because the more reviews you get, the more Amazon starts pushing it itself. Right. At the same time, you can also pay Amazon much. It's a lot cheaper, like 30 bucks to do a promotion itself. Yeah. I can't. I don't think I've gotten all that much from the Amazon promotion. Also, at the same time, I do get royalties from Amazon's lending library program. Yep. So if you got Amazon Unlimited, mine thing and signed up for that. I've gotten royalties for that, not a ton, um, but that's steady every month. Yeah. But all in all, frankly, no, I have not made the money back that I put into it. Do you have any advice for somebody else that like for me an example, I've I've probably got like three or four short stories probably two thirds of the way done. Um and I would love to do a book of short stories. Yeah, all, that would be all, my advice. Make one book. Yeah, yeah. one book, uh, all short stories, all from the same universe. Um, and I want to I want to put that on Amazon. But 
Um, do you have any advice for somebody like me? Not necessarily me, but there might be somebody listening that is like, I really want to write a book. I want to put it on Amazon. <clears throat> Are there any restrictions Amazon puts on it? I mean, it, can, can you just type the word fart 5,000 times and upload that and call it the fart book and see if it sells or? Uh, weirdly enough, I forget because I looked, I looked at like month, like a year ago what I was really looking into putting. So backtrack a little bit. I, I try to get um, agents, literary agents. I try to interest them. Nobody, nobody really bit. One guy asked for a manuscript and never got back to me, but so it took, it was a long process for me to decide to just say, fuck it. I'm going to put it on Amazon myself. And that was like a year ago. So I was looking into it. I don't remember the stipulations, but basically, yes. If you're not writing like some kind of weird twisted fucked up porn, anything goes you could put anything on amazon so yeah i imagine there i take it back i do remember there is something where they they review it there's a review period okay because i for this last book i put it up got everything in there got the title got the cover uploaded all that stuff and it took three days for them to review it and put it online so somebody looks at it and makes sure and there's something in the terms of use type of thing that says it has to meet amazon's so I, I imagine that if you put fart 5,000 times, they're not going to accept it. Okay. Dang, <laughs> that was my book. Said that, <laughs> there are books on Amazon that are like, um, like, like you're not going to get anything illegal. Don't put any fucking weird child porn erotica or snuff. Anarchist or, cookbook. Bomb yeah, making. you know, don't, don't put any like fucked up shit in there. Don't, you know, here's how to kill the president. The book, you know, shit like that. <laughs> but, uh. I didn't kill her, but if I was, if I did, this is how yes, I would have exactly. done it. Yeah, exactly. But um, I mean, there's stuff on, like dinosaur porn, like Taken by the T Rex. I always go back to that one. That makes me laugh. Like that's on Amazon for sale, so you can put anything on there. Um, my piece of advice, though, if you're gonna make a book of short stories, I'm not even kidding. Find somebody to make a cover that catches the eye. Yeah. Because that is so like anybody that reads a lot, we all we've all been there, especially yeah. back in the day when you actually went to a bookstore. When you're perusing the shelves and you're like, I don't know, this looks all good. Yeah, this cover looks pretty cool. And you picked that one. I have picked my favorite book series ever for fantasy was the Wheel of Time series. And I am not kidding you. I picked the first book because I liked the cover. That yeah. is it. And it opened up a whole new world to me. I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Just because I like the cover is what I started it. So, yeah. Well, that's good advice. Get a good cover. Get a good cover and the words can be trash. And then rip off everybody you can think of forever <laughs> well you can be sure that sometime in the next 10 years i will be publishing a book <laughs> <laughs> just gotta finish a couple of those stories first i've and this is killing me because i've read at least one of your stories part way and you haven't finished and it's bugging me because it was good yeah well uh i think i told you how that story ended so spoiler alert no well, it's just one of many yeah so. yeah there's there's five there's... stories in, that exist in the same universe and I'll say this, there's somebody else that might be listening to this podcast. He's same deal. You started a story. It was really good. You got to finish it. You know who I'm talking to. If you're listening, get on it. Well, we did a whole podcast on why being creative is so hard. So maybe I should go back and listen to that episode and get motivated. You know what we should do is resurrect Amply Whites. Yeah, we should. And no, it's not a white supremacist organization. <laughs> Okay, all right. I feel like right now I have to explain what Ampli Whites <laughs> is. Ampli Whites is a round robin uh, style writing exercise that Steve and I did years and years and years ago. And we took our last names <laughs> and we ran them through what's that, an Amelgram? What, like, what's that called? 
Anagram, yeah. Like, An, yeah, like an anal, analgram, anagram. Yeah, analgram, yes. Analgram. Uh, no, like a, like an anagram generator. And it took the letters from our last name and it created a phrase. Yeah. And it came out with Amply White. Amply White. <laughs> and he, if anybody knows us, they know that you and I are two <laughs> very pale individuals. We're, we're very Amply White, yes. Yeah. So we chose the name Amply White. And he and I had, uh, we did our writings on Facebook, right? Yeah, it was a Facebook group, yeah. Yeah, we made a Facebook group called Amply Whites. Now people are probably going to go see if they can find that. And we like <laughs> we wrote stories where I'd write a chapter, then he'd write a chapter, and then I'd follow up and write a chapter. And it was just a kind of a... Yeah, it was a, it was, we were in a groove, too. I, I kind of liked what we were doing, but we kind of both kind of fell away from it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, just like anything, it, it you got to find time to do stuff like that well speaking of zombies having sex this was like uh this was after our zap experience too yeah that's right we had a we had a, a second group with more people that may be listening right now yep the main zombie apocalypse preppers preppers zombie yeah. apocalypse preppers and uh we had a very similar thing where we did a round robin where we wrote <laughs> a story a zombie apocalypse story and there were four members, five members. Uh, let's see, one, five. Five members, and so we all took turns writing a chapter of of this story. And of course, it comes to Steve. <laughs> Damn it! I tried to take a risk. <laughs> he took a risk, nothing, but and shit. it totally and completely just pulled all the wind out of the sails. Nope, nope. I was not the last one. Somebody went after me. It didn't completely pull the wind out of the sails. Yeah. Let's just say someone there, complimented we, me too. I I we, feel like you guys liked it and just were afraid to like it out loud. We have an inside joke about zombies having <laughs> sex for a reason. <laughs> just think zombie erotica. <laughs> Zerotica. <laughs> Which uh, disclaimer, there is no zombie erotica in the Chains of Fate series. I <laughs> yeah, that's right. Not. You should uh, just yeah. just buy it. You'll be pleasantly surprised. Normal erotica. Normal erotica. Very it's not you know, I am not a pornographer. Yeah. You are a maker of pornography. So no. <laughs> no, I can say I'm a eroticizer. I, I can say that the it's uh I PG thirteen, I guess. There's yeah. love scenes. There's love scenes. There's love scenes, but I don't describe, you know, throbbing purple headed warriors. Certainly the story does not revolve around quivering vulvas. <laughs> It, okay, the image of quivering vulvas <laughs> is very, it's terrible. <laughs> and I just said, I don't have that. So there you go. You heard but it damn. here, folks. Steve does not have quivering vulvas. Maybe I'll just change up and get some um, synonyms in there. Trembling trims. Uh, <laughs> vibrating vagina. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Yes, vibrating vaginas are always interesting. No, we, we've had two huge announcements. Big in the world of Masters of Profundication. Goddamn right. Uh, also, I'll joke aside, I'm dead serious. If anybody, if you're thinking about doing something like writing, I'm, do it. I'll just do it. It's so so much of a fun hobby. I just absolutely look forward to any chance I get to sit down and write. It it's If it goes nowhere, it's still the greatest like time fulfilling thing it's creation like you've created something you're creating worlds you're yeah. making people so yes if you have an idea that you've been batting around in your head and you think it's ridiculous who the fuck cares put a pen to paper 
put finger to keyboard, just write it. Yeah. My advice for the day. Well, um, we had a topic for today, but I don't know if we're going to have time to cover it. (laughs) (laughs) We got time. The topic was a bunch of... Well, that's true. I mean, we probably could spend hours and hours on it, but I I have to admit that I don't. I didn't really do my homework. Yeah. I did my homework in the sense that I looked for a TV show or a movie that flopped that I could have made better. Mm-hmm. And especially with the movies, I, I went through a list of movies that were flops, that were like big budget flops. I'm like, God, I didn't see any of these movies. <laughs> I don't even know how I could have made them better because I didn't see them. But um, I did look at some TV shows. I came across one. Um, that I actually can't wait to talk about. Um, have Have you ever heard of the TV show uh, Super Train? See, now that sounds like a porno. <laughs> yep, yeah, it's about um, five guys and one girl, <laughs> and uh, they're all wearing costumes and capes. Yeah, no, Super Train was from 1979. It it did not make did not make it, but. Is this like a Soul Train spinoff? Or what's happening here? No, it was like a <clears throat> Love Boat spinoff. Oh. Um, and let me see. What was... Just let me indulge me for a second. I want to know what... Um, in 1979, what was $10 million worth? That's what the that's what the budget for the what? Per the episode. Oh, per, per episode. episode. It's Super Train. Wow. It would have been $37 million per episode. Adjusted for inflation. Yeah. Um, so here's this show. I don't know if anybody listening is going to remember it or even know it existed, but <clears throat> do you know what the premise of The Love Boat was? You know, really enough, I would catch clips of The Love Boat. It was just a soap opera on the sea, right? Like, Yeah, no. Okay, so The Love Boat had, it was like an hour-long episode, and it was a cruise ship. Love Boat. Yeah. So this cruise. See, I know the theme song, sort of. <laughs> sort of. Good enough. Uh, so there was there was a recurring cast, like the captain, the steward, the bartender, the event coordinator. Charo. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> they were like there was a doctor, and they were in every single episode. Right. Then they had a rotating cast of celebrities of the day. Or, you know, like of that era. So mm-hmm. nowadays it would have, I don't know, name some celebrities that are popular now, like Kim Kardashian and Ellen Kid- DeGeneres and Katy Perry. She Katy Perry, show? Christopher Pratt, uh, you know, it like whoever is popular today. Like, so go back then and whoever's popular, they would show up as playing a character and it would be some sort of mystery or some sort of thing. But the the thing that was special about the Love Boat is they had two episodes in one, so they had two sets of writers working to make one episode. But it was like I I said there would be two two simultaneous stories in one episode, okay. and sometimes they'd intertwine, sometimes not. It's not like they'd play a half hour out and then play another half hour out. They'd play a full hour out where these two stories you were you were kind of paying attention to both of them. <laughs> And so the beginning of every episode, they have all these characters come on, come aboard and there'd be some sort of mystery. There might be a murder. There might be some adultery. There might be some stolen, you know, crown jewels, you know, whatever. And they, it was just, it was this fun romp. 
it wasn't a comedy, but it wasn't really necessarily a thriller or, you know, yeah. full on drama. And it was just this really lighthearted, fun show where they're out to sea and they're in a boat, you know, a cruise ship taking a cruise. And the f- production value on it was, <laughs> you know, not very high, but it didn't really need to be. I'm sure the set was built and that's it. So you go to this other show that is kind of mirroring the love boat, but they put it on a super train. It was mm. a train of the future. It was supposed to be like um, like a double wide bullet Amtrak train that was like super high tech. And so these same thing, there'd be, you know, cast of characters and then celebrities would come on board playing different characters and it was basically just a continuation, but they, the budget was really high because they built these trains. Oh shit. They built these elaborate sets and the elaborate models and the models would sometimes crash and they'd have to build <laughs> more models. So I, it honest, to, honest to God in 1979, this show almost bankrupted NBC. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. It, it almost took NBC down because of the budget. Um, but that's who knows whose idea that was that that must have been like a crazy like we're we're so successful with the love boat yeah the, it's model post love let's, boat, so yeah. let's do it let's do it uh with this super train and i watched you can watch the episodes on youtube and they are like everything the 19 that 1979 like every actor and actress that was famous in 1979 was involved it had you know, ridiculous acting. It had midgets. It had. So was this a whole season or was it one up? Like I a think pilot? they. I, no, I think they did like ten episodes. Okay. And um, the pilot episode is the president or the person that is going to is running for president, but is like the shoe in candidate going to win? I think. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe it is the president. I don't remember. I, I kind of didn't get it in that it suffered from a lot of bouncing around Mm -hmm. but they're going to kidnap him and they have a look-alike that they're going to put in his place kind of manchurian candidate kind of weirdness no uh say wow these like villains on the super train no the villains the midgets are villains um but it's can't catch a break uh yeah they um you know they they can get around into in and out of the (laughs) duct work and stuff and yep that's all you need that's what okay. they do. We got a plan to capture the president. What do we need? We need somebody to fit in the vents. Yeah. All right, you tattoo. You're going to do it. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> what it's like. And they have this look. Anyway, it, <laughs> it's not a, it wasn't terrible. I mean, you watch it and you're like, yeah, that's what the friggin' seventies were, man. Just, can I say as an aside that I've had to stop before that neither one of us could run for public office because they would use our podcast against us. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not like, running look for any Look what they said about midgets. <laughs> racist? You can't be racist against midgets. Midgets can be any race. Okay, you're right. That's heightest? There's a there's a funny uh, comedian that did a, a whole bit about, you can't say midget. That's just like saying the N-word. And then the guy's like, no, it's not like saying the N-word. I because know, right? you can say midget. You can't yeah. say the N-word. <laughs> not the, the same thing. N-word. I'm not saying the word M word. Right. That's what you need to so, know. <laughs> um, well, our political career is dead, but anyways. <laughs> I don't think it ever existed, but no, that's yeah. fine. Anyway, so I was doing the research to find a flop that I could try and make better. And I got on, on this super train. I'm like, God, I've never heard of it. 
And I kind of went down the rabbit hole with it. And it was, it was this cool point in time where, you know, like it was awesome. I kind of wish that it was a thing. It was a, of course the train is moving at like a billion miles an hour Mm -hmm. and, and people are walking. It's, it's kind of like the love boat where like the boat never moves, like the set never moves. Right. You know, on an airplane, you know, like every time they're filming in an airplane and it's perfect and like, you know, well, can I steal your thunder a little bit then? Yeah. Because I know how to make the show better. How? Uh, turn it into a pseudo snow piercer type of thing. Oh, yeah. Up, yeah, yeah. Where the celebrities, the guest celebrities every week are at the front of the train and have to fight off the dregs and the bums and shit that are trying yeah. to get up there. The So, you know, I guess this week is, uh, you know, Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> We're going <laughs> to give her a crossbow and she's going to shoot flaming arrows oh. at her. I would watch <laughs> Olivia Newton-John shooting flaming crossbow arrows. I had oh such a God. crush on her back and then. Every week is a new celebrity trying to just fight off the, the scum of the earth, trying to make their way to the front of the train. <laughs> Have you seen Snowpiercer? Yeah. Is it any good? You never saw it? I'm surprised. No, I haven't. It's actually really good. It's um, If you ever had the desire to see Captain America talk about eating babies, there you go. Okay. Um. I, I heard that it's either a prequel or a sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate yeah, Factory. Yeah, it's one of those fan theories. Um, you know, like, I can't think of another fan theory, but it's one of those fan theories. Oh, a fan, I'll tell you a fan theory that the movie Seven is a prequel to Batman. Uh, you know what? There's one that's Willy Wonka is a sequel to Harry Potter. That the two twins, the Weasley twins. Oh, yeah, yeah. One, one of them is actually the, the one that survives is Harry po- as, uh, Willy Wonka. Oh, wait, one he, of the twins dies? Harry Potter, yeah. Oh, I've never seen the end of it. Yeah. 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 Spoiler I, alert. I just told you what you need to know, so it's all good. Yeah. One of the so twins Harry Potter goes into Willy Wonka, and Willy Wonka goes into Snowpiercer? Yes. So, oh. so in fact, Harry Potter is Captain America. That's the way it works. <laughs> yeah. Had you heard that um, there are people that feel like the movie Seven is set in Gotham? Before Batman? No, I, that's that one's new to me. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, and I think that um, David Fincher did Seven, correct? Yeah, I think so. I believe yeah. so. Yeah, I, I think that he on purpose made the city that Seven takes place in a like a nondescript. You don't know what city it's in, and could be huh. any big city in America. I don't know why. I just I was assuming it was Chicago, but I have actually no reason. To yeah, think. I don't think they show any landmarks. They just show. Huh. Like inner city and yeah. Huh. Anywho, but we did a fan theory episode already, so Super yeah, I like the training. idea of just getting actual celebrities on board to play like elitist. Like I'm gonna kill the lower class scum <laughs> and try to come to my part of the train. Hunger Games never ends. They helicopter a new celebrity every week. <laughs> Chris Christopherson is going to fuck some motherfuckers up. I'd watch that. Yeah. Well, so. That's my well. Go ahead. Well, I was just well. You said you went down the rabbit hole accidentally. Kind of. So did I. So you remember me talking about this show that I saw in the from the eighties that I never saw again with the astronaut. Uh, yes, so yeah. Yes. Yes. So I looked it up and I found it. It was called North Star, and all they did was a pilot. But it was honestly, I, I'm surprised it never went anywhere. It was this astronaut who was doing a spacewalk, he saw like an eclipse. So he saw like the moon or whatever going around the sun. But at the same time, they went through a magnetic field and it fucked them all up. 
So they get him back down. They get him on Earth, and they're in the lab, and they're testing him. They're like, oh, you're okay. And he goes to walk outside, and the sunlight, when it hits his eyes, the ultraviolet rays from the sun give him superpowers. But they burn him out. They give him, give him all, like, uh, you know, like, mess up his body. Yeah. So he has, like, a short span of having these superpowers before he gets all, like, overloaded. And it's exactly like I remembered. I'm sitting there. What? It's on YouTube. If you type in North Star on YouTube, yeah, I, you can watch I just the whole found thing. it. Yeah, yeah. And it's you can watch the whole thing. And it's like I'm sitting there watching. I'm going, holy shit! I remember that scene. And this is from a, I'm like eight, nine years old maybe. And I'm like, I remember this. I remember this. I remember this. And he gets like all his senses are like dialed up. He has a genius IQ. Come to find out, he's like super strong, can run fast. But the longer he's in the sun, the more he's you know messed up. Right. And I'm like, this could have been a pretty decent mid-80s show. Yeah. Kind of a shame it didn't go anywhere. Maybe ahead of its time. Yeah, maybe. Superheroes before superheroes were mainstream. Yeah. And we had Superman at the time, and that was about it. So. Well, it but, was 86. It, I just saw it said 86. Yeah. So that was so, three years before Batman. So I was literally eight years old, and I remember that. And now I am 42, and I remember that pilot. Because that's all they made. It's like a one-hour pilot. You can almost call it a made-for-TV movie, if anything else. And yeah, that did was, it have? Did it end well? Did it end like on a cliffhanger? Or I'll tell you what it had. It had Sonny Latham in it. Billy from Predator. Get to the chopper. Yeah, the guy that became like he ran for governor, became yeah. a porn star. <laughs> yeah, I think he won. I think he was governor. Uh no, that was Ace Ventura. Not Ace Ventura. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there were three of them. I think no, uh, Jesse Ventura, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I think he, they all became governor. Wait, wait, I got his Wikipedia page. Suddenly land him. Sorry, not Latham. He ran in the, Repu- in 2003, he ran in the Republican Party primary election for governor of Kentucky, hoping to repeat the success of his predator cast. Oh, uh, so he didn't win. Jesse Ventura and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, he didn't win. He withdrew on June 18th. So nope, he didn't win. But he ran, so, you know, there you go. Yeah. Then he went into porn. And now he's dead. Well, he died in 2017. That's what happens to porn stars. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Every single one of them. Married five times, had four children, was convicted for making obscene and threatening phone calls to his wife, three years in prison, and now he's dead. So, good good job there, Billy. <clears throat> Get to the chopper! Yeah, that's right. Can't cut stop your, it. Cut your fucking chest with a bowie knife. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Billy's great. But anyways, so did you pick a, uh, a I had a couple. The original. So the idea was pick a movie or a TV show that didn't go anywhere. And how would you make it better? So my original idea was Manimal. Ah, I loved Manimal. Manimal. It had like half a season or something like that. Yeah. But uh, so the, for anybody that doesn't know, Manimal was on in the 80s at some point. And another podcast, I don't want to feel like I'm ripping somebody off. Another podcast I've listened to called... The HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast. The two guys do a side thing where they just are taking episodes of Manimal and just doing commentary on it. It's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. But it made me think of it. So the idea is this guy, through shenanigans and magic, can change his form into uh, animals. Yep. A cougar. Black or, panther. Yeah, panther or a hawk or something like that. You know, it's never a gopher, but whatever. It's the cool animals. It's bullshit. My idea was to rip off Alan Moore, the guy that wrote Watchmen, because he wrote Swamp Thing. Yes. And he revitalized it. 
So what he did with Swamp Thing was the idea of Swamp Thing is there's this guy named Alec Holland that goes into the swamp and becomes a plant monster. Yep. Alan Moore, it was a comic book that flagged and didn't wasn't really popular. Alan Moore got a hold of it and changed it around so that he, re, you know, quote unquote, revealed basically retconned that when Alec, when Alec Holland fell into the swamp, the chemicals and whatnot that turned him into Swamp Thing didn't actually turn him into Swamp Thing. It affected the plant life, and the plant life copied Alec Holland, the human, as best it could, but it was never, and it became sentient, self-aware, but it was never a human turning into a plant. It was a plant that thought it was human. And fell in love with Adrian Barbeau. Yeah, goddamn right. Because who the hell on this planet would not fall in love with Adrian Barbeau? <laughs> Holy crap. Adrian Barbeau-bot. <laughs> He cuts off his arm or gets his arm cut off and he regrows it in the sun. Yeah, I, you know, weirdly enough, the first movie I kind of saw once and don't remember that well. The second movie with Heather Locklear is the one I remember better. Yeah. I mean, it's Heather Locklear. Yeah. They make a weird joke about T.J. Hooker because she was in that. It's a whole thing. But anyways, my idea for Manimal was through magic shenanigans, a bunch of animals start turning into humans. Aha. Yes. That and do they unique. do they know how to speak or are they they turn into humans and think they're humans. They forget they're animals, but at times of crisis, a heart rate type of thing like adrenaline pumping to turn back into animals. Oh, solve a crime. Yes. So like uh like like my idea was like you have a group of humans that go out in the wilderness somewhere and through what I did flesh it out. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I apologize. Through magic slash science slash whatever they die in the woods and some animals eat their corpses <laughs> <laughs> okay i like it yeah and then those animals turn to humans and like wander back in town all naked and afraid and get found by people like oh we'll help you and blah 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 and then in times of crisis they turn back into whatever animal there was like a bear or a mountain lion or a vulture or some shit like that yeah and so they're and, but while they're human they're like animalistic so they're brutish and defensive of like like small things like food you better not take food from me because i'm gonna fucking eat you yeah they, and they have to they have to relearn or they have to learn yeah. how to act in normal society right and then the entire like the, the first few episodes at the very least or maybe in half a season you're trying to you're sitting there going wow these people like were affected by this they got animalistic traits and you don't realize they are the animals ah yes and that's through flashbacks and whatnot they and I have the idea, and maybe it's hokey, maybe it wouldn't work, but at some point when they become animals, they can speak to each other or something. But that might be a little too campy. Yeah, and you'd have a female, like like the cougar will be a chick, <laughs> yeah. and then the bear will be a dude, and then they'll bone, and they'll have like a cougar-bear hybrid child, and that child will go into the woods and eat a human, and then come back as a human right. cougar-bear. Like Yes, you could have a storyline where... Once they realize what they are, they still enjoy being humans. So they have the bear and the cougar bone and have a fully weird non-human hybrid yes. child. Yes. They want it to be human. So they find another human to sacrifice to their child. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yes. I like it. Just Yes, I like that. That just occurred to me. So there's a whole storyline. But, but they take the form of the human they eat. So... Including traits and personality and spirit. So they don't want to take some asshole 
you know, some bum on the street or something like that, or a prisoner or something, you know, somebody like, oh, it's okay if they die because they don't want their kid to turn into that. Right. So they got to take a good person. They want their child to go to public, uh, private school. <laughs> right. Yeah. They got to find some, you know, kid from a good family somewhere in a nice neighborhood, maybe a rich kid or, but they want a good person. So like, not a rich asshole. And it's like, sorry, but our kid comes first and you, like, this could be a really fucked up series. Yeah. Yes. I like it. Ah, it's so good. So that was, yeah, Manimal. That was Manimal. That was pretty good. Yeah. I like that. I'd watch that. And then I had a second one. Okay. Um, a little movie called Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, yes. <laughs> and this is a little less fleshed out, but my idea was because if I remember the right the movie right, it was just a bunch of like the, you have you know what Garbage Pail Kids are. It was a weird twist on Cabbage Patch Kids, but it was all mm-hmm. kinds of fucked up scenario. Like for the listening audience, like look, I have a webpage here. So you had something like Evil Eddie, which is a vampire, or Junk Food John, which was a kid eating all the junk food or you had up chuck up chuck just barfing just barfing or this there's one here called patty putty which he's like grabbing his or i guess her face and stretching it out and making it all weird mm-hmm. one here called smelly kelly where the kid's basically a fire hydrant and this dog is about to piss on him that was garbage pail kids there's like little trading cards and they made a movie out of it where they had these characters that looked like the kids from the cards living in the sewers or something. I, I barely remember interacting with real people and shenanigans. Mm-hmm. My idea was not nah, just have a, a th- anthology like tales from the crypt or something where you focus on one card per person yep. and fully fucking do it, do what's happening in the card. So you have, like I said, you have this patty putty, have a kid who's stretching his face out like a freak. Uh, there's one called Hollywood, which is a girl made of, wood and they show it like her legs being sawed by a hacksaw and woodpeckers chipping away at her head have yeah. that yeah have like I'm, I'm going through this here this guy mick dagger where a kid <laughs> swallows the sword but it goes through the back of his head this yes. one called handy randy where a kid shoves his fingers through his jaw and through his skull so instead of teeth he has fingers wiggling around <laughs> have all of that happen in like an episode based on each one of those yes barf and barbara where she's puking into a, into a pot that she's cooking on the stove explorer norman where he's picking his nose so hard his finger goes out to the top of his head <laughs> oh this is taking me back i have a box of garbage pail kids Jeez, they might be worth something yeah probably i doubt it i mean i didn't keep them in the best condition they're not mint ball and shade where it's a prisoner and his head's the ball attached to the ankle this is great <laughs> Missing Marcia, where she's just a lily pad in a swamp that a frog's sitting on. That's really fucking weird. Yeah. Rocco Sacco, where somebody punched this kid in the head so hard with a boxing glove, his head came out of his ass. <laughs> Not even kidding. <laughs> That's legit. So, yeah. That was my other idea for uh, improving a... Because the movie flopped, apparently. Yeah. So improving a bad movie. Well, speaking of flopped movies... I, doing research for this, found a list of flopped movies. And what determines a flopped movie? I gotta say it's a bomb. Box office take. Like, what's yeah. the rule of thumb? It's, it's got to make twice its budget to be a success. Uh, if a film released in theaters fails to break even by a large amount, it is considered a box office bomb or box office flop. Thus, losing money for the distributor, studio, and or production company that invested in it. Mm-hmm. So, 
there is a, I guess, ratio for, of production budget to worldwide gross. Um, and I got to say, some of these movies, I think, are good movies. Um, some of them, I couldn't explain why they were so bad. The number one flop is The 13th Warrior. I love that movie. It was not a bad movie. I actually um, really like that movie. But we're also talking theater flop, yeah, not necessarily I, DVD or Netflix or something. And um, Which, then, funnily enough, I did not see that in the theater. I bought the DVD. Yeah. Um, the Adventures of Pluto Nash is there. <laughs> and never I do remember that being a happened. really bad movie. But a lot of these I haven't I haven't even seen. Um, and they're big names. And I, I feel bad that I contributed. I must have done this to them. <laughs> Blade Runner 2049 is right up there uh, as a big, big loss. That was supposed to be a huge, I saw it. It was fine. I, I know somebody that really loves it. Um, I thought it was okay. But yeah, I guess that was, that was supposed to be like a huge, like, holy crap, everybody's been waiting 30 years for this. And yeah, yeah it didn't go anywhere. Um, there's another one. I remember seeing it. This is going to sound weird. But I remember watching it on VHS, like right when it came to VHS and thinking, that's not a bad movie. I don't know why it got such bad reviews. And I've since watched the movie trailer uh, and it is it looks terrible. So I don't <laughs> know what I was thinking back in the day, back in 1995. Cutthroat Island. So um, Gina Davis and Matthew Gina Modine. Davis. Yep. I never watched it. But yes, that's I remember hearing that that's the byword, like that's synonymous with box office bomb. Yeah. And I tell John Carter of Mars came out. Then that was the, the biggest bomb. Yeah, that's that's on this list as well. But Fantastic Four, no uh, <laughs> surprise there. Ghostbusters 2016, uh, not necessarily yeah. a surprise because I didn't like it. But I thought in today's, you know, today's political climate. Well, there's a phrase, get woke, go broke. <laughs> that's right. Um, one of them on here I really have a hard problem, I, a, a problem with. Um and that's Hearts War. Did you see Hearts War? Hearts War was really good. That was a great movie. That's the that... one with um, Bruce Willis, right? Yep, Bruce Willis, and, and he uh, uh, Colin Farrell. That was a really good movie. That was. Uh, and it yeah, I considered... have a hard time with that too. That was a really good movie. Um, Ishtar, of course, was a, a big one. That's notorious, but I never saw that one. Jupiter Ascending, bad movie. That one we've talked about before. You and Rob saw it, and. You both have said it was so bad that it actually steered me away from ever wanting to watch it again. Yeah, it is, it is an awful movie, and I yeah. feel bad, too, because I like the cast. Well, here's the thing. That was a Wachowski sibling movie. Mm-hmm. So here's what I found out. You take that. You take They make, they made a movie, uh, a TV show on, I think it was Netflix, called Sense8 that went for a couple seasons, Yep. which was a huge disappointment to me. I thought it was a cool premise. Eight people that actually share a consciousness, basically. I thought that could be kind of cool. Like, they could interact with each other, like, take each other's skills and talents and stuff. No, it was just a big, like, stupid kind of social commentary drama that was kind of dumb. Ended up being really boring and pointless. Um, I didn't even bother with the second season. So you take Jupiter Rising. You take that. You take the last two uh, Matrix movies... And then what do you got? You got one movie that made their entire reputation, which was the first Matrix. Yeah. They had one good idea in them. So now you got these talks of the fourth Matrix movie coming out. I'm like, I'm all set. Yeah. I am not excited I, for that whatsoever. I got to say, I didn't hate the other two Matrix movies like a lot of people did. Well, they weren't the worst in the world, but they weren't great. 
Right. And they didn't go the way I wanted them to, but again, like not my story to tell. Yeah. I just wish that they could have been better and maybe done things a little bit different, but yeah, I, I didn't hate on them like everybody else did. Um, they just couldn't hold a candle to the original, which is always a problem. Yeah. Something that does surprise me about this list is there are a couple of really big movies like CG, like uh, um, two um, Transformers movies are on there. The, the last two Transformers movies. That which, doesn't surprise me. That's yeah, it doesn't key. necessarily surprise me that, you know, that they just tried to get every ounce of cash out of it that they possibly could. But there's a lot of Disney movies on here, too, that... Um, they really, they took a lot of risks on, like A Wrinkle in Time, mm. um, Titan John AE, Car- John, John Carter's on there. Yep, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Solo, A Star Wars uh, Story. But yep. um, there were some other ones that I remember seeing the previews thinking that they're huge budgets. Uh, Robin Hood, the 2018 Robin Hood. Oh, God, um, I forgot that existed. I'd... Yeah. Is that Russell uh, Crowe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one that really kind of breaks my heart that is on here is wind talkers. That was a and good that, movie too. Yeah. Um, they were, I think trying to cash out on the world war two that came at the end of the yeah. run of world war two being in, there were a bunch of them, um, including the band of brothers on HBO, the series. Well, but, did you ever see thin red line? Yeah. That was not a great movie. It didn't deliver, did not deliver no. that, but that was the Korean war. Wasn't it? Was that, that, no, that was World War II, but it was Pacific. Mm. It was like the Japanese. Oh, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why I was thinking yeah. North Korea. Or uh, Korean War. Um, Green Lantern. <laughs> Another pretty decent movie that's on here. Um, Hard Rain. That's the Christian Slater and Morgan Freeman one where they're robbing the uh, armored truck. I never saw it. Never saw it. It's worth a watch. It's not It's not a terrible movie. It's funny, um, coincidental, because Christian Slater was in... Windtalkers too, so yeah. Yep, true. Had a seventy million dollar budget and it only made it only grossed twenty million. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a it wasn't a terrible movie. It's uh it's these criminals and they're trying to rob a armored car and there's like a flash flood. It's raining and um shenanigans. Evacuated town kind of. But yeah, it's it's well, it's funny because I have I found a list of movies that were flop like I have a list of. 15 worst 1980s box office bombs that were actually great movies. I thought we could look at that for a second. But sure. what I was going to do real quick, because not being around the bush, I'm going to take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, Rob Patton, our frequent guest host, had an idea, and I was going to throw it out to you. I'm going to give you a movie and see if on the spot you can come up with a way to improve it. A movie that was a bomb. Okay. While I take a piss. How about that? Okay. <laughs> Give you time to do it. So my movie to you is, uh, make sure I got the right year because I'm gonna give you all the 1984's Supergirl. Haha. Oh, I don't. I don't think I can make that better. Nope. You got. You okay. Got, as long as it takes for you to take a piss to make it better. So. Okay. Think about it. I'm going. <laughs> uh. Okay. So now that Steve's gone, uh, I'm just gonna tell you that there's only one way to make Supergirl better, and that's for or uh, Helen Slater to get naked. That would make that a fantastic movie. I'd watch it. Okay, you're back. I'm back. You're back. Uh, while you were gone, I explained to the audience how I would improve the 1984 girl, uh, Supergirl. I'm and, happy because when you left, I, would, I stayed completely silent and I didn't say a word, I swear. Oh, well, I guess you're just going to have to listen <laughs> to the 
podcast on Monday and uh, hear what I said that would make oh. it a better movie. I'm pretty sure I made it as watchable as possible. Ah, now I'm really intrigued. You're not going to give me any hints, huh? No. No, you're just oh, going to have man. to listen. I basically, the I, I laid down the improvements that would make that a watchable movie. Nice. Perfectly. So they're Saint. called less of a costume on Helen Slater because I am quite way. offended that that's what you would think right out the gate. Ah, man. <laughs> uh, hit me with that list of 1980s flops because I'm going to probably say that they are full of shit. Yeah, well, I these angered me. But these are, well, the, the name of the list, 15 worst 1980s box office bombs that were actually great movies. So at 15, and I remember liking this movie, was Dragon Slayer. Yes. Oh, I love Dragon Slayer Dragon so much. Slayer was good. I actually tried playing that for my kids just recently. <laughs> really? Yeah, the dragon, the girl, like, using her own blood to lubricate the shackles to get out of her uh, chains. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, that, that did that not was cringy. Yes. go over well. <laughs> I forgot That about didn't that. go over well. But um, despite all her efforts, she was still roasted and eaten. Yeah. Jesus, that, that's because the whole thing is about they have to sacrifice a woman to the yeah. dragon. Yeah, they have the, a lottery. The princess dresses, or some the girl dresses as a boy so she doesn't get picked. Well, no. I mean, yes, sort of. So the movie is about this dragon that is terrorizing a town. There's, you know, royalty in the town, like a king. I don't know if he's a king or not, but he's definitely, he's the mayor of the town or whatever, and his daughter is exempt. He pulls her name out on the secret Right, right. But she puts only her name in the bucket. So there's a lottery to yes, see which daughter. Like it has to be a female. It. it has to be a virgin female or some shit like that that gets sacrificed to the dragon. So every maiden's name in the town gets put into this bin and they pull a name and whoever's name it is, they usher them off to the dragon, chain her up. The dragon comes and eats the girl and then the dragon leaves the town alone. Right. So there's one dad who dresses her his daughter up like a boy. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And okay, so there's that character, but then there's the mayor's daughter, and she does this elaborate like it's bullshit that you've been pulling my name out of here. I'm gonna I put all my name in here, and the town's folks are like, "Yep, kill her." So they chain her up and kill her. But the girl who's dressed as a boy goes on a quest to find a sorcerer who can kill the dragon or goes on a quest for somebody to kill the dragon. Right. And it's the apprentice that does. Yep. It. So she, and the enlists... apprentice is the guy from Ghostbusters two and Allie McBeal. Yes. <laughs> Weirdly enough. Yes. And so they get the, uh, the sorcerer wizard or whatever he is and the apprentice to go along with them to kill the dragon. And then he ends up being the dragon slayer. Right. In a in quite the fight at the end, he gets a hold of a bunch of dragon scales and makes a shield out of it. And it's got a big spear. Yeah. Yeah, it's a that's a good movie. It I was. Mean, a, I remember liking it when I was a kid. Yes. Yeah, it was a really good movie. Uh, this says wow, eighty one. That was wild. So I saw it like on TV. Um, this says it it influenced George R. Martin and Guillermo del Toro. Wow. Which you can kind of see that. Uh, the next one on the list. 
And this one is fucking, I'm not even kidding you, near and dear to my heart. I love this movie, Heathers. Oh, I loved Heathers. Heathers was great. It was a campy, weird movie, but... It was a dark comedy. It was it was so good. Like, it was all about, like, suicide and blowing up the school. And uh, it was just a really good... It had such quotable lines and... Yeah. Big star. Like, it was a... Uh, I mean, it starred Christian Slater and... Um, Winona Ryder, but it's Shannon Doherty in it. It had um, somebody else, I forget. But yeah, people you recognize all over the place. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, and this one is a goddamn... Like, the fact that this movie bombed makes me... Ah, just makes me, like, despair for the species. Highlander. Yeah. Was technically a bomb. Because maybe it got its traction after it had been in theaters. Because, I mean, that's highly quoted... That's highly referenced in pop culture. Like, oh God. I feel like everybody has seen Highlander. You talk, you you make any kind of piece of sci-fi where somebody's immortal, somebody's gonna drop a Highlander reference. It's like, oh yeah, you from Scotland? You know, you from the yeah. climate cloud? Like Highlander was, it's like it is now a, touch, a cultural touchstone. Yeah. And it uh, grossed 13 million on a 19 million budget. Yeah. I guess that was significant for the time. That's a well, it's a bomb. It didn't make its money back, so yeah. And that is a movie that will go down in history. Yeah. But that's so like, and the idea behind me is like, how would you? What would you have done? Why did these bomb? Like, what would you have done to make these not bomb? And I, the only thing I can think of is tone it down. Well, like make it like lukewarm and milk toast, so the wider audience gets it or some bullshit like that. Yeah, who knows what kind of reviews it got at the time for professional reviews? That's probably yeah. Fucking me and critics are having a divergence as more and more of time goes on. <laughs> and they're gonna yeah. pay the price. <laughs> what else we got? Um, number twelve, and I never saw this, but I kind of meant to. Was um, the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's another one that's like cult classic. Has a huge following. Yeah, John Lithgow and Peter Weller, aka RoboCop. <laughs> uh, number eleven. I fucking loved this movie when I was a kid. This was like this wasn't quite up to Goonies for me, but this was close. Was The Explorers? Yep. Yeah, that's they built a spaceship. They built a they. Let's see. They get beamed instructions on how to do it, but yeah, basically the Brainy Kid, which was River Phoenix, uh, River Phoenix and Rest Ethan Hawke. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan Hawke, and I can't remember who the third one is. These three kids build a spaceship, you know, following instructions and get beamed up to an alien starship where they meet a couple of aliens. But it turns out they're basically teenagers themselves and their dad is pissed off that these aliens are screwing around with Earth kids. And yeah. It's a kid-friendly movie, but it's like a kid-friendly adventure movie. Like It's all the thing a kid loves. Like, you and your buddies are hanging out. You get to build a spaceship and go up into space and see aliens. One of the aliens hits on you. It's a whole thing, but... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I saw it. I saw. I remember seeing that in theaters. Uh, number ten. Once again, like I love all these movies. Crawl. Yes. Crawl was great. Good <laughs> oh, movie. God. It was so bad, chick, weird all over the place. And it was so good. Yep. You got a guy Speaking that of, like didn't... Jesus with a fucking starfish weapon that he throws around and big cyclops. Oh, it's, it's Wasn't so there good. a person that could turn into a tiger? Am I? thinking of that wrong it could be it's been so long since i, I remember the highlights i remember liking it but details speaking of animals yeah right i just remember there's a bunch of like cyclopses that the whole deal was like the big bad guy they traded the knowledge of the future for an eye like the whole race but the only knowledge of the future they got was when they were going to die and i was like oh that's kind of cool concept they got ripped off 
Yeah, it's a whole thing. So Crow was good. Number nine, I don't know how this bombed, but apparently it did. Transformers the movie. Oh, yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. Well, I'd never forget Transformers the movie. I will rewatch the scene where Optimus Prime beat the shit out of the Decepticons and Megatron at as a middle-aged man and still get a thrill from it. I don't care, man. Transformers the movies was awesome. No doubt. I, me and my brother begged my dad to take us to see it in a theater. And I'm sitting in the theater watching it. If you remember Transformers at all, you had all these classic characters that die in the first 15 minutes. Like Megatron and the Decepticons go to the spaceship and they kill Ironhide and they kill all these guys. And I'm like, oh my God. You can't kill them. I have their toy. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. And then they kill Optimus Prime. Yeah, it's a whole, yeah. So this movie bombed, but it is near and dear to my heart. Yep. Uh, Number eight is Labyrinth. Yeah, freaky. Once again. How the hell did that buy earn thirteen million domestically against a twenty five million dollar budget? But that started my lifelong obsession with uh, uh David Bowie. Name? Yeah, Gen- David Bowie. <laughs> Jennifer Connolly. Jennifer Connolly. Jesus, I had the worst brain fart on that. Like obsession with a woman I whose name I can't remember. But yeah, because I remember watching that, thinking she was cute, and years later watching it, her in uh, Rocketeer, thinking she was hot, and then watching her years later in uh, Dark City and just. I was in love for the rest of my life. There's no two ways about it. I think Rocketeer is on Disney Plus right now. I should watch that. Yeah. Uh, number seven, I only ever saw once, but it was still good. It was Lady Hawk. Yeah, that's uh, Ferris Bueller. Yeah, Rutger Hauer, Michelle Pfeiffer, and uh, Matthew Broderick. Rutger Hauer was in so, so many good movies. And then he was in one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like, one of the cringiest movies. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. Bleeders, if I ever talked about that yeah it doesn't sound familiar yeah he's it's on the coast of maine and like there's this society of people that kidnap people and take their blood it's it's bad <laughs> anyway he was a, he was the hitcher oh yeah hitcher? that's right i remember that yeah. that was a great movie well see, Blade see Runner. yep yeah he's he's a good bad guy in 80s movies yeah he had that tears in the rain quote from blade runner that's like a sci-fi classic and yeah, Rutger Howard was a man back in the day. He had one called, what the fuck was it called? Wedlock or Lifelock or something? It was this like future sci-fi thing where prisoners were put in a place where they were randomly, they give like these collars where if they tried to go off the property, their, their heads would explode and they were randomly paired up with one person. So if they stayed near that person, their heads wouldn't explode, but they didn't had no idea who it was, but he found out whose his was. It was a whole setup, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, I don't know why I talked about that, but he was in it. So there you go. There you go. Uh, number six was The Abyss, which yeah. I remember liking and then seeing years later going, why the fuck did I like this movie? You didn't it, like you didn't like it? It was not that for for what it's supposed for what it's billed as a sci-fi movie with aliens and shit. Yeah. The first fucking four fifths of it is just people in a submarine, for want of a better word, going not- crazy and trying to avoid killing each other. And then aliens for a little bit at the end. I mean, not just any people, Navy SEALs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got to see Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio's boobies. Did you? Yeah. When Ed Harris, at the end, when he gives her CPR, he rips her yeah. wetsuit open. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Oh, my God, how did I forget that? You're right. Yeah. Because how would you that... ever forget booby scenes in an 80s movie? I don't. Like, I remember the whole, they were, like, sucking down liquid, like, oxygenated water, and they're breathing water. I yeah. remember that. Um, you're you're absolutely right. The boob that's all coming back to me. I take it back. That was a great movie. Anyway, <laughs> I went to the movie theater to see that with a friend of mine and his dad. 
And I remember leaving and kind of not necessarily being mind blown, but kind of like, wow, aliens, the, the, one of the points of that movie is aliens have been here all along. And I remember my friend's dad saying, yeah, where do you think we came from? And I was just like, what the fuck? Wait, what? (laughs) Fast forward 20 years. Prometheus. No. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, uh, that they came out the whole there's a whole slew of underwater monster slash sci-fi movies. I still say Deep Star Six did the best. I like Deep Star Six. Leviathan was pretty good, but I really like Deep Star Six when I was there's a whole run of those movies that happened at the same time. Any movie with Corporal Hicks in it, I'm down. So there you go. Uh number five, and motherfucker do I love this movie. I, I don't I need to rewatch it. Is UHF. Oh yes. I, Weird uh, I watched that in the last couple of years, yeah. Weird Al Yankovic is a goddamn national treasure, and you'll yes, never convince is. the other one. Nope, he is absolutely national treasure. Love him to death. Uh, Michael Richards is in it, too. Yeah, he's like he's just got randomly given a show. It's like the most popular show on TV. Yeah, he's the janitor that <laughs> yeah. just is happy to be there. That's how Kramer got to start, for anybody that wants to know. UHF or with Weird Al. I just, I, it's funny, too, because a couple of days ago, I randomly came across, you know how Weezer... Did a cover of Africa from Toto. Yeah, yeah. I guess on tour, at least once, but maybe probably a few times, they have Weird Al come out on stage and play the yeah. accordion yeah. or the guitar solo. Yeah, like, there's a really funny Weird Al video. Um, it's just him sitting there, like, he's sitting on a bucket, like a five-gallon bucket turned upside down or whatever, and it's just him, and, like, he's, I don't know, there's, like, some dialogue, and all of a sudden he turns the camera around, and he's live. I, I, like on a stage and the crowd goes absolutely fucking bonkers. <laughs> it's just, it's funny because you know, he had to have set that up, like tell everybody in the crowd, you know, shut up, nobody make a sound. And as soon as I turn the camera, you're going to go crazy. I'll find it. I'll, it's it made the rounds on the internet. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. That's pretty good. Well, it, it brought me down the rabbit hole. Cause I started looking at it for more surprise weird Al pop-ups and he, he's done a few times where he just kind of comes out and Hey, here's weird. Al. Like there's this thing where, in some bar or club or somewhere, uh, Steven Tyler, Alice Cooper are doing a weird concert, and then they're like, hey, come on out, your weirdness, and there's fucking Weird Al coming out with them. So there's a random combo for you. Yeah. Like, uh, I, Albuquerque by Weird Al Yankovic is one of my all-time favorite songs. I love that song. It's so good. Yeah. My, my kids kid, can sing it. My kids super fly. <laughs> yeah. My both my kids can sing that song. Nice, Al, Al, Uh, that's good. That's one of his original ones too. It's not even a parody. It's good. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I was just gonna say this. I feel like there's a few guys in Hollywood that are like universally beloved. Like it's like somehow managed to avoid any kind of Hollywood scandals their entire career. You got, I think Weird Al's one definitely. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, like there was this um one of those like ten things you didn't know about Weird Al thing I saw on YouTube. It's like, and it started off, seriously, it started off saying, you know, so many Hollywood people have gone through and everybody loves them, but everybody has a dark side. And if you dig in deep, you find it. And this positive said, except Weird Al. He's exactly yeah. how you think he's going to be. So we're just going to tell you 10 facts about Weird Al you might not have known. But uh, like Weird Al, like Keanu Reeves is pretty much beloved. Tom yeah. Hanks. Like there's a handful of people, but Weird Al is one of them. So that's my Weird Al rant for the day, I guess. Uh, number four is Big Trouble in Little China. Oh. I love that movie. That movie yep. is great. They talk about remaking it. I'm like, fuck you. Don't ever remake that movie. It's, <laughs> it's all in the reflexes. There's a, I remember when Mortal Kombat 
became a thing. There was this magazine, I was like video game magazine, I was reading, and they talked about the different characters and their like like it was like a interview and they talked about their likes and dislikes. And for Raiden, the character Thunder God Raiden, they said likes was Big Trouble in Little China because basically the character was a ripoff of a character from Big Trouble in Little China. Right. So yes. Uh the fact that this was a bomb, once again, makes me want to just nuke new humanity and start over. Number three, the thing. Oh, which I still I think so. may be my favorite horror movie of all time. Yeah, it it is absolutely one of the best for sure. I it's I mean besides the fact that it was a practical effect masterpiece that still holds up in my mind, it was it's a good mix between jump scare horror, gore horror, and psychological horror. It did all three of those perfectly yeah. and blended them together. Yep. Like. For my money, you do not get a better horror movie than Thing. It's the best. Uh, number two, Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. That's one I liked well enough, but I feel like it's hyped more than it deserves. Harrison Ford, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harrison Ford's a replicant. Fucking uh, Han Solo, man. <laughs> he's riding high between the Han Solo and the Indiana Jones. He did some Blade Runner. But, I mean, he's this is a cult classic. People live and breathe this movie. Yeah. And just not me. And then number one, what do you think would be an 80s flop, but that's actually a good movie? Well, certainly uh, not Ghostbusters. That made money like crazy. Let me let me do a little retro thing on you. You gave this to me, and it's a trivia question, I believe so. Uh, what movie in the 80s did Queen do a soundtrack for that might have been a flop? No! Yep. Flash Gordon was a Flash flop? Flash Gordon is a flop. Yeah, I can uh, see Let's that. see. <laughs> It, it broke even. It says this, scoring $27 million against an estimated budget of identical value. Well, that's just a bunch of guys going out and shooting a film for fun. <laughs> but it Spirit Lives On as a cult classic, complete with Queen soundtrack in tow. Yep. Flash! Ah! Every one of us. Yeah, that's a, that's a decent movie. I that It's still, I know I've talked about it on the podcast, so I won't go into it too much, but the scene where the guy reaches into the tree stump and they're like yeah, waiting for yeah. something to stick poison in them that that always affected me yeah the fact that that was like a contest uh like a one of us is gonna die it was like russian it, it was essentially russian roulette we have to stick our hands into this log and something's gonna sting us or not that fucked me up it's the, the little things like i've talked about this before superman 3 Superman 3, that scene where the girl gets sucked back into the machine and gets turned into a robot. Yeah. Not only did that mess me up and affect me as a kid. Uh, okay, bring it back. The What I talked about, I had an idea for a prequel to my books. Yeah. That scene is actually central to what I'm thinking. Of. Like, I want to expand on something like that for the prequel to my books. Not going to flesh it out anymore because I'm still working on the idea. But that scene messed me up so hard when I was a kid. Well, let's do this. So well, let me say this. If you look that scene up on YouTube, uh, Superman 3, Machine, or something like that. Transformation. Transformation. Read the comments. Every fucking comment is people exactly like me. Yeah. Like, this this scene gave me nightmares. This scene, well, like, scared the shit out of me. How about we do this? How about we do an episode on things that we remember from old movies? Scenes like, that stuck. Particular things. Yeah, okay. All right. I just lost you for a second. Yeah, that was weird, but I think... Okay, I can see me, but I can't see you. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, you disappeared for a second. That might be our cue. Wait, hold on. There we go. I don't see your feed anymore. Uh, I'll 
I'm shutting off the camera. Okay. You see me? No. All right. I can, I can well, hear let's, you. Uh, let's end up. Let's let's end it. Then. I think the gods are trying to tell us something. There you go. I'm back. Nope. I'm, I'm saying there you go with the gods. <laughs> <laughs> you got the poor tense. All right. Well, we could do trivia real quick. We're still recording, right? Yes. Uh, I will start off with trivia and tell me which is the most rare color, and I'm talking original M&M color. So oh. if you were to buy a bag of M&Ms, original M&Ms, mm-hmm. what color would be least? What color would you least likely get? Ah, uh, what what are the original? Can you give me a hint and tell me what the original colors are? Because okay, um, let me go back. Green is a newer color, so it's not an original one, right? Let me see. Um, these are the classic colors. Red, orange, green, blue, yellow, and dark brown. Oh, shit. I'm going to say blue. Red, orange, green, blue, yellow, dark brown. The most rare color, or the color you're least likely to get, is brown. That seems so weird to me. Isn't that weird? When I think of m I think of brown immediately. Yeah, and that's the most rare color. You know what else is weird? They've come out and pretty much said that brown and green are a lesbian couple. <laughs> I really like that for some reason. I don't know why. On the commercial? <laughs> There's a whole Google ground ground. Brown, green, and m M&M, and I guarantee you, you're going to see some shit. Like, I haven't done it, but I'm just taking a step R- in the dark. Rule 34. Fish. I'm going to rule 34. I'm going to do it too. M and M. Okay. Rule 34 M&Ms. Images. Ho! Okay. Oh, shit. Yep. Dang. I got a picture of the brown M&M putting on green clothing. That's like cannibalism or something. Okay. <laughs> Are you on your phone? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Did you put the in M&M rule... by itself has got some fucked up shit on it. <laughs> Did you put in rule 34 M&M? No. I'm put in rule 34 M&M. And I'm telling you, you will be disturbed. And I know not much disturbs you. You will be disturbed by... Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. The twelfth image on at least on the phone. Uh number one's doing it for me. Fuck is holy crap. No, this is the one where it's the green M M&M. and M. Oh take... Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, okay. <coughs> Which one did you say? Because I haven't counted out. It's the one that's the uh thanks, I hate M and M's. Oh god no. Isn't that fucked up? That's messed up. You know, I'm not going to describe the picture. I'll just describe the caption. Oh, yes. Eat me. Eat me. <laughs> wow. Um, Rule 34. Oh, God. Did you see the one with the guy holding the green M&M? Yes. The one that says <laughs> pick unrelated. Pick unrelated. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this, is some, this is great. This blurred one. Now i got to look at it. I can't stop. Oh, it's the same one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Google Rule 34 M&M's and you'll be taken into Wonderland. Uh, for our more sensitive viewers, don't Google Rule 34 <laughs> M&M's. No, fuck you. Google, if you're listening to this podcast, you know what you are. Google it. Rule 34 M&M's. All Looks right. like my what is... little bitch needs another spanking. Yes, please, mistress. The brown and the red. <laughs> pick a pick, uh, pick something that is the most innocent thing. <laughs> There's a challenge. Okay, I'm gonna Google Rule 34. Um, I don't know what's in this. I don't even know anymore. Nothing. Snickers. Just Snickers. Snickers. That's lame. 
in reference. Uh, huh. you, you know why Miss Piggy can't count to 70? She gets to 69 and she has a frog in her throat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what it has to do with stickers, but there you go. Uh, you know what? I, I feel like I'm going to really regret this. Rule 34, Mr. Rogers. Oh. <laughs> Actually, there's not much. There's really nothing going on. He's hugging a gorilla, but that's literally a picture from the show. So there you go. <laughs> you know what? There is an exception. Mr. Rogers is the exception. There's nothing going on with Mr. Rogers. What's going on with this? Oh, it's Tony Stark. Uh, Yeah, I kind of just wish I hadn't have seen that. Why would you put? Just the Rule 34, Mr. Rogers. The first one, it's Tony Stark and Spider-Man. Oh, I, don't, I, I didn't get that one. That's weird, though. <laughs> well, that's a crazy rabbit hole you don't want to go down. How about I give you my trivia question? <laughs> we'll try to avoid okay. killing our souls. All right, let's see if I can get up here. So this is depressing. What year? What year was it that the American Academy of Pediatrics declared it unethical to operate on newborns without anesthesia? Well, I'm going to say it's probably going to be something shocking like recently. I'm going to say 2015. Uh, you, got, you are jaded. <laughs> it's later than I would have thought, but it's not that late. Holy crap. 1975. Okay, not that early either. It's later than that. 1986. Ah, you're right there. 1987. 1987. Wow. It took until 1987 for doctors to say we should probably give anesthetics to newborns. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Holy crap. That Which is... makes this is a this is the, one of the reasons I chose this cuz I have um foot deformities which means I had surgery immediately after I was born. Which also means okay, they say it's unethical, so I guess maybe it happened or didn't happen. There's at least a chance that I had surgery immediately after I was born without anesthesia. What the fuck? Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> the trauma. <laughs> yeah, thanks. No, uh, great. Yeah, I got you. Um I have one more. Okay. That I thought was interesting. All right. So there's a bit of a journey here. Female mummies in ancient Egypt were always more decomposed than their male counterparts when they got found. The discoverers found out that this was because the male bodies were embalmed a lot sooner than female bodies. Female bodies were kept at the family home until they started started to decompose. Why were they kept longer? Well, um... I'm going to go to female mummy rule 34. Go on. Am I close? You are close. <laughs> they kept them around so they could uh, do things to them. Right. Ballpark. Wrong game. You, it's the opposite. They kept them around to avoid necrophilia at the embalmers. Ah. Uh, so, yeah. Right necrophilia. Wrong party. <laughs> <laughs> right church. Wrong pew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, yeah. So, the women... They knew that if they just shunted off the women right away, yeah, the women would be fucked. <laughs> I, it makes me wonder sometimes. It, I honestly wonder at coroner's offices or morticians or funeral homes, is that shit going on sometimes? You got to wonder. I can't. It doesn't even exist in my imagination. Yeah, just don't even think about it. Oh, real quick. Tri- quick trivia. Quick trivia. A million seconds is 12 days. How long do you think a billion seconds is? Uh, 1,200 years. Holy crap, you went whole hog. Not quite that bad. Double digits. Uh, 12 years. 31 years. 31 years. Wow. Um, that's like People don't have a... That's the point of this whole thing I saw. People have a bad grasp of the difference between a million and a billion. Yeah, I know. It's million, incredible. 12 days. 
one billion thirty one years. Yeah. Exponential. It's just a crazy jump. But yeah, that's what I have. All right. Well, uh, I've just found uh, Rule Thirty Four Scooby Doo, so I'm gonna uh, <laughs> take off. I got things to do. Homework to watch. Yeah. <laughs> oh come on, Velma. Velma. It's all about Velma. Velma, what are you doing? <laughs> oh man. <sighs> okay. Well, I'm uh, I'm ready to sign off. You ready to sign off? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to watch some Velma. I mean, I'm ready to not think about Velma. <laughs> all right. Well, this is Tom swamp thing with them <laughs> saying dip me in your money milk and i am bob uh bloody shackles scully nice. saying, oak nuggins all right oak nuggins, oak nuggins. i see you bud bye bye